So I'm about to do a podcast right now. I want to do different topics on a day-by-day basis. It's going to be my first uh, podcast. What did you say my name should be, Kiefer Smarticus? Yes, sir. All right. So I'm going to, my name, as corny, as whack, as insincere, and as pathetic as it is, I'm going to probably let that be my first name until I get to something a little bit more genuine and better sounding. Smarticus. (laughs) That's funny. But yeah, I've been wanting to do something where I speak, just so the world can know, you know, get into the mind of Smarticus, learn about how he thinks, how he views the world and what we can do to make, you know, make the world a better place. Because that to me, if you believe in evolutionary biology, is the idea, right? Survival of the fittest, which is survival of others, because I didn't create the TV then create the microwave, the vaccines of, or anything else, but yet I'm able to survive because of those things, right? Or able to make my life better. So I plan to do this podcast, discuss, talk about a lot of different topics. I haven't really sat down and decided what topics I'm going to do yet. I just, you know, I just decided to talk, decided to do it now because uh, Kifa was my cousin has been pushing me to try to get this done. So I'm just going to kind of do an open conversation just with what's kind of going through my mind at this current moment. So here I am. I'm at my mother's house laying down. I'm watching Kiefer play Fortnite. And uh, earlier today I saw him and I told him, you know, um, Bolsonaro, who was uh, the new president, I was telling him about the new president of uh, Brazil and how what it marks is to me the end of human progress you know i think with the election of trump with the uh, breaking up of the european union the end of uh you know the brexit uh you know uh what's happening in poland and uh just in general i think people think that this is a uh these are good things, and I and I, I and I know why these things are happening, right? You know, most people would probably think it's because people are racist, or people are filled with hate, or people are just stupid. But that's not it. It has nothing to do with any of that. I think all of this is uh, is just the neoliberal policies of the '80s and '90s just haven't worked. This idea that you know you're gonna get you know immensely wealthy and kind of leave everybody behind to live off of the scraps it just hasn't worked um you know nothing is trickling down i think uh for the most part you know there was progress in it though i think at the end of the day you know with nationalism more and more people kind of you know believing in their governments and the state i think that was there was some progress there but for the most part as globalization kind of took a foothold in the world i think you started to see the rise of the elites and as Paul Volcker talks about, you know, we're moving more and more. I don't think not just in America, but in the world to plutocracy, which is where you're going to have the top five or 10 percent. If that much, probably top five to one percent of the wealthiest individuals kind of running things. And they're just so far removed from everyday living that they just kind of forget that, you know, the poor or middle class even exists. So. I think that's why you see all of this. But uh, what what scares me, though, what scares me, what really frightens me is that uh, 
I know where this leads. You know, I was again talking to Keith and I was letting him know that it's it's a rinse, recycle, repeat type situation in history. I'm a big student of history. I love history. I think as Noam Chomsky says, you know, most people don't like history because they don't want to learn from the mistakes of the past. Right. They want to continue to make them. Maybe they consider these mistakes are fun, but I think that's true. You know, I think history, you know, nothing really changed. I think one of the thing is that, you know, you look at your society, you see cell phones, cars and TV, but the human condition, the human situation and the human experience doesn't change. You know, when the first chariot was built or, you know, the first, um, you know, the first chariot or the uh, what's what the Egyptians used to live in. I'm, I'm, I'm losing first pyramid was built. I mean, those were great technological advances, you know, so. You know, so for every society that has lived at any time, running water, you know, roads, you know what I mean? That that was a big deal for that society. But yet, you know, falling in love, pain, suffering, losing family members, that didn't change, you know, because new roads were built or new pyramids and new phones are out or whatever. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, the, your environment doesn't necessarily necessitate that things are better or worse. I think until we really change the human mindset the human condition the human thinking uh then you know it doesn't matter how much you know the outside seems to grow because you know as uh as i've always said you know you could a laser can be used to you know to you know perform state-of-the-art surgery or you could use it to kind of find out where people are at and drop bombs on them right so it's just a matter of you know your perception and your mindset when it comes to things so so what i so again going back to my point on uh bolsonaro and what's happening in brazil um and again i apologize if i'm mispronouncing his name i think what you see is you know this rise of hate you know and this uh position of blame it's it's crazy you know i uh you know i uh i see it happening a lot in the u.s where people love to point the finger you know what i mean like um you know, it's always somebody else's fault or it's always, you know, it's them and it's them. And it's it's never what can we do together to fix these problems. It's always like, well, if we get rid of these people, we get rid of the problem. Right. Which, like I said, that's that's not new to the human race. You know, you know, obviously the most uh, current has probably been. Uh, are the most most well known because you know you had the Armenia genocide you know you know you had a lot of different genocides that's happening over the past hundred years but you know probably going back to the um, World War Two you know what happened in uh, to the Jews I think that kind of to me is the most because it, it stands out to me is where you can go when you start blaming others you know if if it was raining bad. In Germany, you know, and he was like, Hitler, what's going on? Why is it so much rain? It's the Jews. You know, if your kid was acting up in school, it's the Jews. You know what I mean? It was always the Jews. And so it's an easy scapegoat when you start to blame other people, right? You know, you know, if you're if 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 you lost your job and there's one black guy there, it's goddamn blacks, you know, damn Negroes taking over. Damn Mexicans, you know specs you know it's easy to do that right because that that takes the blame um it's someone you could see it's someone right there in front of you so that's the reason why you're going to continue to see the rise of that and people 
in power know that i think you know those guys read books such as the 48 laws of power and they understand the thinking of uh, of most people you know and a lot of times those feelings that they have are genuine you know because they do feel that if certain people weren't around their lives would be better but that, that's the farthest thing from the truth it, it always has been and it will always will be you know i don't think you you solve these problems by just you know decimating or hurting people i think what you have to do is start to have real conversations and look for real solutions and really being more scientifically minded which is kind of my thing that's like my go to is just is using reason and logic to arrive at conclusions uh, i believe in that i believe in the scientific method man i just i think if more people adopted that then man i just I just I I just believe then maybe then we could really find heaven on earth but until that's the case um you know we're just going to continue to just you know continue to use the old ways of thinking to solve new and more dynamic and hard problems so that's kind of it um I think that we're in a state of being in which you know it's it's very scary it's it's time to do a lot of thinking it's time to be well informed and to kind of know what's going on and I plan to do these and to speak on different issues and my hope is as I uh continue to share my views and my perspective that people will be able to learn they'll be able to give me topics that I can research and talk about and um in a very genuine straightforward and matter of fact type situation so that's the goal but uh just look out for more i'll probably even do another one shortly after this but uh i'm gonna try to get some topics though i think that just makes sense but yeah in brazil bolsonaro was elected um right wing crazy idea says kill 30,000 people but people still voted for him you know so uh not going to make a lot of news over here because he was what um Wall Street wanted because he talks about privatizing um a lot of the business and a lot of people think that sounds good and, and it does to a certain extent i think you know i believe in public private partnerships i think they they make sense co-ops in certain sense but the way Wall Street is looking at it i'm tr- trust me it doesn't make any sense when you're when you're just chasing money None of it makes sense because you're not working towards any real results. You know, you're working towards some abstract idea that doesn't even exist. You know, I think people, we, you know, we've gotten away from the real. I think, you know, people believe it's kind of like, you know, um, you know, you have inches, grams, pounds and stuff like that. And we've gotten so confused and so misaligned from reality that people think that's what it takes to build houses. You know, it'd be like... If you ran into an architect and he had all the materials that you have and you go up to him and you said, "Hey man, what are you doing? You can't build that building. We're, we're running short on inches." And he looks around and he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's right. I didn't I didn't check the markets today and realize that we didn't have enough inches to go around." You know what I mean? That's how stupid we are, you know, when it comes to money cuz money is just it is just, you know, by definition it's a means of exchange, you know what I mean? And uh what it is is that it's just something that you're supposed to use to keep tally. It's not this real thing that, you know, that's, you know, economic growth and GDP. I mean, so as we kind of get away, as we kind of get more and more into that, I think that, you know, you'll learn that 
a lot of the stuff that we think and learn and know is really foolishness you know that's why athletes can get on stage and you know make poignant speeches and feel like they know about certain things that they've you know you know looked maybe you know what i mean and some some guys do speak intelligent but most of the time it's just you know these hardline statements that's just based on some confused view so that's kind of my goal is to really really give you the ins and outs of how things work so have a good day and uh god bless and hope you like my podcast So I'm going to do an episode on something that just changed my life. Something that, for me, has given me a new sense of purpose, a new sense of direction, and really something that I feel like is going to be the difference. You know, I'm I'm almost 35. That's going to say, okay, the next half of my life is going to be great, right? And it was really a change in perspective. Okay. So here's the story. So about maybe three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, I was feeling super depressed and down, right? And a lot of the times, usually on a week by week basis, I feel very, I get very depressed. I just get very down. And largely it's because of where my life is, right? And I think everybody probably has that, right? Like we look around, if you got an Instagram, a Twitter or a Facebook, everybody seems to be having a better life than you are, right? And so that feeling of being down that feeling of like thinking your life ain't shit it's just it's overwhelming at times right because you feel like you've worked hard or you've put in some work or you know sometimes for most for some people it's just luck you know it's just timing and luck and being at the right place at the right time and you kind of wonder why couldn't those opportunities have uh happened to you so I've been down, but in general, just because I, I haven't been happy with the way things have been kind of playing out in my life. And so I was really, really in a low point. And so uh, one night I was really, really feeling, you know, I, I, I know that I, I don't believe that I have enough courage. I wouldn't even call it courage or just, you know, ah, you know, to actually hurt myself. Right. Like, you know, like I've thought about it, but I, I just don't deep down feel like I, I'm I'm made of that stuff. You know, I remember that's what Bernie Madoff said, you know, when they said, why don't you kill yourself? He said, I just don't have that stuff in me. You know what I mean? I would love to, but I just don't have it in me. And I'm kind of like that. But at the same time, I get those thoughts, right? Like those thoughts of the world would be a better place if I was gone, right? So the other day I had that, you know, I just felt like, D, what if I just go in my car? It was late at night. I had done usually... What I do whenever I get down and stuff, you know, watch a little porn, you know, play, gamble a little bit, feel even worse. You know, you lose and you're just like, yep, you're losing because you're a loser all over, right? Like, I had one of those moments, right? And so I was like, okay, then, D, all right, I I can't do this, right? You know, I I was thinking, man, just go in the garage. It's almost like that devil, right? You got that devil on your shoulder talking to you. Just go in that garage and just turn on you know, the uh, car and just, you know, see what happens, right? But obviously, like I said, I'm not made of that stuff. So what I did was I did some jumping jacks and push-up, and then I said, let me listen to old Manly P. Hall, right? He's one of my spiritual mentor, and I love to listen to him, even though at times, though, I've never found that one speech or that one lecture that's transcend everything. But I always, you know, kind of think it's a little bit of a spiritual warfare whenever those kind of thoughts are going through your mind. So luckily enough that night, because sometimes I'll click on Manly, and Manly just be like, 
the world is crazy, you know, you just kind of be going on on a tantrum about, you know, things and, you know, the world and, you know, and, and his, he was recording stuff in the 70s and 80s, so it wouldn't be relevant to me. But he had actually a really, really good message this time, right? Like a message that stood out and a message that was almost like directly to me, right? And the message that he was doing was was a message uh, in regards to um, having principles. You know, what exactly are principles and how, and, and how to be committed to them. And so he started the story... Um, he started off with telling the story of, a, of an individual by the name of Barucius, Barutus, and I might be mis mispronouncing his name, so we'll just go with Barucius, right? And he tells the story of Barucius. Barucius was uh, a, a Roman senator, right, who was uh, super successful. Uh, you know, his sons had become consuls. He had money. He had wealth. He had pretty much everything that you can ask for, right? You know, he was, you know, he was the man of his times, per se, right? And what was interesting about Barucius was that he was, according to, you know, to Manly P. Hall, you know, he was a good man. You know, he was a good father, a good husband, um, a good mentor. He, he actually had a school that he taught people and he loved to read. He was a man of knowledge, a man that, that, that loved to read, loved to study, loved to understand things, was open minded to different ideas, different concepts, different ways of thinking. So that was kind of, you know, that would more or less sum up Barucius and his mindset and who he was as a person. And there was nothing, for the most part, he was, like I said, a really, in a real sense, a good person, right? A, a good citizen and a good patriot. But anyway, so to make a long story short, though, Barucius, um, a new counts, uh, a new like leader came over Rome, right? Like they had like a new... Uh, like council um, came over and became the leader of Rome, right? And he saw the Senate or individuals on the Senate as a threat to his power. So what he started to do is he started to make up lies and stuff about, you know, who was doing what. And some people were like uh, doing treasonous stuff. So he started to set up these lies and these stories and these myths. And Barucius was one of the individuals that got caught up in it. And so when this uh, particular leader caught wind of that what he did was that he had Barucius locked up and then he had his sons murdered his wife and pretty much Barucius was in jail um with nothing you know he didn't have anything to look forward to and so he thought exactly how I felt that night why don't I end this right like what's the point in living what's the point in going on and pushing forward right and so in that thought he fell asleep right in that thought Probably, probably the next day was planning on waking up and figuring out how to do the deed, right? So, in feeling down and out, Barucius uh, fell asleep, and that night, he woke up uh, to, a, to a bright light, right? And, an, and, and, like, an angel visited him, right? Like, you know, she had, you know, beautiful wings, you know, lit up the entire prison. She had, like, a beautiful smile. You know, her hair flowed, um, and... She says that I am Lady Philosophy, right? Like, I am the one who you've always seeked and you've always followed, right? And uh, she, you know, she just had this energy and this love and this peace about her. And Barucius was like, you know, like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, like he was like just done. 
And she says, well, I am here because in your life, you have served me, right? By setting up schools, by educating people, by reading, by studying, by being a good overall person and citizen, and by always being a student of the world. You know what I mean? By always being open-minded and learning. And in her and so what she says is that since you have served me, now in your time of need, you're down, you're out, you're feeling low, you're feeling bad, you're feeling sad, you feel like nothing is going right, I am going to serve you, right? She says she will serve him. And so in saying that, Barucius was like, how? And what she what she ended up doing was that she ended up giving him the secrets to the universe right you know teaching him the lessons that for example wealth and money fame and fortune is fickle right it's not it's not real it's not anything of substance right the spirit of mammon will not hold you but instead a commitment to principles a commitment to learning a commitment to philosophy a commitment to love a commitment to forget you know like these things that to me, a commitment to truth. Um, and, you know, back in the day, that's kind of what they used to do. They used to deify these ideas and concepts. They, they held them as self-evident, right? Because at the end of the day, no one, you can't point truth out in the real world, but we know that it's something. You can't point out love in the real world, but it's something that, that's transcendent, right? Like when you love someone, it's more important than anything else. So... So she kind of, so she, you know, she, she educated him, you know, he actually wrote the manuscript for a book called the, you know, the principles of philosophy. Um, and it was a life changing moment for him because he found peace in his last uh, year or so in jail, you know, death. He didn't fear death. He wasn't worried about it. And even though he lost his family in those last, in that last year, he was able to accomplish something that he probably wouldn't have been able to accomplish even as a king or a great man of power, which was a life of fulfillment. And so that was really what hearing that story really helped me, right? Because I realized then why it was that I felt sad and I felt bad and I felt down. It was that I had gotten away from being a man of principle and a man that's committed to causes that are worthwhile, right? And instead had locked on to the idea of materialism right to the idea of you know where am i going to be what what's that what is this you know what i mean and you know and what the world wants me to get and so i guess that's kind of to me if you're really dealing with like depression and being down or being out i think the key is you probably have to get back to some foundational principles you have to get back to what it is that really, really matters, right? Like family, friends, you know what I mean? Such as, you know, you could go back to the Epicurean philosophy in which Epicurus spent his entire life studying pleasure and love and hedonism, right? And what he found was that he kind of arrived at the same conclusion, you know, Socrates, Plato, you know, all great philosophers, I think they arrived that there's an inner world and if you don't go there and really look deep within what that inner world is, you'll never really find peace. Everything else will be chasing the wind, per se. And like I said, for me, Lady Philosophy is 
it's kind of like that idea because I love to read. I love to study. I love to learn. And so I feel like now that I have a commitment to maybe, you know, knowledge, not for knowledge sake. Right. Because I think, you know, um, there's a book called The Kabbalion in which it says that knowledge is like gold. You know, if you just get it just to store it up, what's the point? Right. So the point is to use it. Right. So if you learn, if I'm a student of learning and I'm planning to use that for the universal good, then I'll be okay. So if as long as you're using your talent for good, I think you'll be fine. Right. So if you're a musician, if you're an artist, if you're a scientist, whatever it is that you're doing, remember that that's a principle in of itself and that it must be done for good. Right. If you don't, if it's not for that, it doesn't matter how successful and how much and how well it do, you're not going to be happy. You know, as a matter of fact, I remember listening. If you listen to a lot of artists, right, that I'm talking about someone, some of them that's really good at their craft. They'll tell you that it's it's in art that they find peace. It's in their music that they find peace. You know, it's in their work that they find peace. And I think that's what it is, though. But I think that it's kind of like if you become a musician, right? And you're a very good musician. But now music is a job. Music is a way of making money. Music is about wealth. And so the principle, so now what it is, is that when you're at your lowest point, you can't ask the art to serve you. You know what I mean? Because you're not serving it. You haven't been making art to help people. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't been holding down values. Instead, it's become monetary. It's become cold and callous. And so when it's time for it to hold you, it leaves you, it leaves you, it leaves you with everything else because everything else is what really matters. You know what I mean? Instead of the art or the thing in which you put your heart into. So I think that's what it comes back to is that idea of principles. You, you have to really plant your seed in principles. You know what I mean? And uh, when I say principles... It's that it's the idea of truisms and, you know, and those are probably two words, but it's kind of but the best way to sum that up is like justice. You know, what I mean, meaning that if a white if a black cop, right, for example, right, uh, kills a white woman, right, you demand justice. Well, it's the same thing if a white cop in the same circumstances, you know, what I mean, but if you're picking and choosing and you say you're a person of justice and you're lying. Then again, when it's time for justice to serve you, it won't, right? And so that's it, is that you have to commit to principles and you have to live by those. It's the same thing with love. It's the same thing with faith and hope, with Christ, with God, with Allah. Whatever it is that you choose to believe in, you have to ground yourself in it. You know what I mean? That, you know, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think you have to plant your roots in it. And that doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect. That doesn't mean that everything is going to work out for you. That doesn't mean that things are going to get easier. But it means that when, as life starts to challenge you, you realize that these principles are foundational. And so it's okay. It's okay. It's, you know, it's like Socrates said before he died, you know, that I fear not death. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I'm all too familiar with life. You know, if anything and I die and there's nothing afterwards, right, then I've lived a life worthwhile and fulfilled. 
And if there is something afterwards, right, I've been a good man. And if there's a God, I'll get to ask him and get to understand the secrets of the universe. So I think that's it. If you're committed to principles, then there's nothing to fear anymore. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to, uh, to be concerned about. Because in your time of need, Jesus, you know, like I think, you know, I could, I could plant Jesus into that. You know, if, if, if you've really, you know, lived a Christ life like, and now life is taking you to your lowest point. And I think any Christian can, can attest to that. You know, he will say, you have served me. So now I will serve you. Same thing with Allah, same thing with Buddha, same thing with anything else. I think as long as you have a life committed to service, then you'll be fine. Which goes back to, um, you know, the final chapter of the miseducation of the Negro, a commitment to service. So this is just for anybody that's feeling depressed or down, that feels like life doesn't have a point. Remember, find something that you love doing, something that you've always been passionate about, and plant your roots in it. Right? Plant your roots in it. Let that be your screensaver. You know what I mean? But it can't be a thing. It can't be a person. It can't be. It has to be an ideal. It has to transcend the physical. Because the physical is always going to let you down. You get a, If it's a husband, nigga going to cheat. You know? If it's a, you know what I mean? If it's a president, you're going to find out he was doing, you know what I mean? Like people are always going to let you down. So it has to be a commitment to principles. All right. God bless. Have a good night.